Hi, my name is Sam Williams, and welcome to part one of episode number 43 of my 60 Music Podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. Hello, so first I'd like to welcome all you to part one of episode number 43 of my 60 Music Podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. I am Sam Williams, and for those of you who are just now discovering this podcast, either on the Apple Podcast app, or in Stitcher, or on iHeartRadio, or on Google Play Music, and you're wondering, so what the heck is this? So I'm going to give you a brief description of what the show is all about. Okay, so I'm Sam Williams, and I'm a 23-year-old songwriter slash producer, but I'm also a huge 60 music fan slash expert slash nerd. And each week with this podcast, I take one song by one artist from the 60s and first talk about my opinion on the song and why I think it's so good or why I think it sucks, and then do my own personal analysis on the arrangement of the song, which will include the chords, melody, and lyrics. And in the second part of the show, I dig deep into the history behind the track. And that part of the show, I talk about who wrote the song, who produced it, who are the studio musicians on the track, and what studio was recorded at, and what labels released on, the year month it was released on, all the juicy behind-the-scenes details on the group, and all the places involved in making of this week's record are all in the second part of the show. But moving on, let's get started this week's song, shall we? Okay, so the song I'm doing this week, it's by a group that you might honestly be familiar with. Because in the mid to late 2000s and in the early to mid-20-teens, this group had a whole stage musical and movie made about them. And since that has happened, and by the way, both of those things have become huge hits in the box office. And they made a lot of money when they were originally released. They became one of a select handful of groups from the 60s that managed to be able to carry over into the millennial generation instead of being stuck with the baby boomers. And their songs have since become iconic and to this day are still very popular and they still get a ton of airplay. But the song I'm doing by them today is one of their lesser known hits that unless you're a big fan of the group, you might not know the song, but... Like I always do with this podcast, I'm going to show you what makes this song so good and break it down for you and explain to you as to why this is a song that you might be able to relate to in terms of the lyrics. And I'll also show you what makes this song so good musically as well. This song came out in January of 1965. It's by a group called Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. It's another than Bye Bye Baby, Baby Goodbye. I just gotta tell you, anyway. Wow. This song is just phenomenal from start to finish. I mean, it just screams with power. And there are just several things about it that are just fantastic. And today, I'm going to be talking about all that. And first, let's start off with what makes this song so incredible musically first. Okay, so probably the best thing about this song is how complicated it is musically. I mean, unlike the last song I did on my podcast, 
This song is just so layered in complex harmony so much that it might seem difficult to play if you were to learn how to play this song on an instrument like guitar or piano. And just a full disclosure, this song is definitely not for beginner musicians. But really, songs this complicated in nature has also greatly influenced my original music as well, since I've used some of the same harmonic tricks they use in this song and some of my own original music as well. But anyways, let's get started with the song's intro. Okay, so the song starts out with what sounds to me like a descending B minor progression. Then it quickly gets to G major. Then it goes to E minor, A major, D major chord progression, which is really a 2-5-1 in D major, by the way. And that's exactly what they're doing in the intro. And then this is when it gets interesting. To close out the intro, it does this ascending D major to D augmented chord progression which somehow leads its way to F sharp major that key so it does a total key change which blows my mind personally then in its course it does a standard 2-5-1 progression in F sharp major which is what's, what's to be expected with a pop song like this but then once the first chorus is over then this is when it gets really interesting. Okay, so in the first verse, it starts out with A major, and at first your ears are thinking, okay, this song sounds like it's an A major, since I hear the A major chord. But then it goes to D chord, and the way the lead singer sings its melody, it sounds like it could be either in D major or A major. But when the song climbs back down to A, then it goes to E major, we know that the, that the section of, of the song is in A major. But then when it goes to the A to D again, it again goes to that A sending D major to D augmented chord progression with its last chord, which is D sharp diminished, which is another way of saying E flat diminished, by the way, serving as a leading tone into F sharp major, a completely different key. I mean, holy crap, that is an amazing chord progression right there. And then it repeats itself, but then the best part of the song is when it modulates to A major to repeat the chorus part. And then that is when the lead singer goes into a signature falsetto. I mean, just the fact that the song goes through two key changes in the, in the keys that it does go through sound completely different from one another uh, is one of the reasons as to why the song really stands out for me. As far as instrumentation goes in the song, I love the drums in this track. The drums are really what carry this whole song with those thunderous, bombastic drum fills that are so around the kit that they sound larger than life. And they also sound very unique to the group's sound and not quite the same as um, those Motown drum fills or anything like that. And also, I love how the piano just drives the whole song and it creates a certain energy to it. And just the little things in the song, such as the strings and the xylophone, are also what makes the song great. And also, one thing I will say about the songs is it is very dramatic and tension-inducing. It, al it almost kind of leaves you on the edge of your seat in one point of the song because of how unpredictable it is in the very beginning of the song. But then you get used to it once the first verse and chorus is over. 
And also, I love the guitar and backup vocals on the track. The guitar does a really good job of keeping the rhythm and keeping everyone else in the band tight. And the backup vocals on this track really do a good job of creating, of heightening up the ten- the intensity in this song and heightening up the drama and just the uh, the tension in this song. You know, especially when it when it when it and during during the verses and the choruses as well. I love that. Uh, but moving on, let's talk about the song's lyrics because most of the reason as to why I chose this song by this group, because out of all their amazing songs, I feel like this one was the most relatable song out of all of them because it describes a painful situation that many young people go through either in their teenage years or as an adult. And that is you get into a relationship with somebody and while you're already in a committed romantic relationship with them, you fall in love with somebody else and then you have to say goodbye to that person that you fell in love with knowing that you can never date them because you're already in another committed romantic relationship. While the situation might be heartbreaking and just unbearable, I'm sure this has happened to you once before. I mean, when you listen to the lyrics to the song and what he's saying, I'm sure like, wow, I've been there, done that. Especially when he says things like, I guess I'll never know you better. Wish I knew you before I met her. And should have told you that I can't linger. There's a wedding band on my finger. I mean, wow. I mean, talk about a song that has such relatable lyrics that you could have said these exact same words to somebody, but it just wouldn't come out in a lyrical form. It would come out in a conversational form without rhyme. And this is true regardless if you're a male or a female, even though the song, in this song in particular, it's a man talking to a woman specifically. I mean, this situation could happen to both sexes, both the guys and girls. And by the way, to make a full disclosure, this is the song, the subject matter in the song is something I personally can't relate to, but even though I've personally never been the one to turn a girl down because... I'm already dating another girl. I know what it's like to become attracted to a girl and then become heartbroken when you quickly realize that you can never be more than just friends because she is already seeing somebody else. And that is another topic that I've written a whole song about. And I have recorded that song as well. I'm not really sure when I'll release it. But um, in this particular song, Bye Bye Baby Baby Goodbye, it does a good job of showing people that it can suck just as much for the other person that has to turn down the person that they fell in love with, you know, because they're already in love with somebody. They're already in a relationship with somebody else as much as it can suck for the person being rejected because that person might actually be in love with you and would want to pursue a romantic relationship with you, but it would hurt for them knowing that that can't happen because the heart already belongs to somebody else. And also, you might hear the song for the first time and be like, damn, I know exactly what he's talking about. And you might be someone that's around my age and not a baby boomer. Since songs of this nature can be relatable to millennials too and not just the baby boomer generation. And also, you might be a little turned off by the song's title because of how cliche it is. But one must keep in mind in the, in that when this song was recorded, what was cliche back then 
was different than what was what is considered cliche today in the modern music world. Lines like you must be true and let's say goodbye or you make me cry or I'm going to make you mine or the use of the term baby were not considered cliche back in those days. Since rock and roll was still very much a new art form and people hadn't really gotten away from using all those cliches until the 70s, when people gave a lot more thought to a song's lyrics and often questioned what a song would be about and who was it directed towards to. At the time, the song was written and recorded, the lyrics were much more simple and more direct and less complicated. And it wasn't until one specific singer-songwriter came out and came into the picture, and that was one of the pi- and he was one of the pioneers of writing complex lyrics. That often left listeners wondering what the song was about and who was who was it written about. But he wouldn't have his first international chart smash until the summer of that of the year that the song came out. And I'll do a song by him eventually, but for now I'll focus on other lesser known groups from this era before I get to the bigger uh, bands and artists later. So that concludes part one of episode number 43 of my Sexy Music Podcast, Millennial Through Rap Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and if you liked my analysis on this week's song and you got turned on to this specific song by this group and you never heard it, heard this song before and uh, you really, really like this group, uh, you can email me at samltwillyicloud.com. And uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at iheartoldies and check out more of my original music at samlinesmusic.net. I want to remind everybody that I have a merchandise store set up for this podcast, so if you want to check that out and get something, the link is in the description of this episode, this podcast, you can click on that, and you can always... Uh, let me know if you buy something. If if the items are too expensive and you want to, uh, and and if you want if you want me to lower the price of the items, let me know and I'll do that. And also, one more thing I wanted to say before I end this episode, this podcast is that um, the reason why I chose uh, do a Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons song uh, for this week and next week too is that I actually saw a Frankie Valley last night. And I gotta tell you, that was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. And I've been to a lot of shows. And Frankie Valley, seeing him was probably one of the funnest shows I've ever seen, personally. And what made it so fun is that he did all of his hits. And even though, I gotta be honest with you, now, some, some of you out there might be wondering, can you still hit those falsetto notes and still sing like he used to and quest answer that question being yes and no i mean none of the original none of the 60 songs he did are in the original keys anymore but i gotta say that even though even though the, the he's singing the songs in different keys you know for his 60s tunes then versus what he was doing back then i feel like um, his the new keys that he's singing his song in are you know are better and they make the song sound good better than they were originally. So I feel like his voice matured very much like you know like uh like fine mar- like wine you know because you know you know I don't I don't know if you guys are there drink alcohol but if you do you know that wine tastes older wine from like the nineties or eighties or seventies or sixties tastes a lot better than new wine. So I feel like it's the same with Frankie Valley's voice. His his voice aged well just like Farin Wine, you know, but it was just amazing getting to hear him do all those songs and he still 
sounded incredible, uh, you know, to this day. So it was definitely a concert that was very memorable for me. So either way, so um, next week's episode of my podcast is going to be all about the history behind the four seasons. In that episode, I'll talk about what label they were, what labels they were signed to, how the group was formed, and you know, just all the behind the scenes details on their hit records and everything. And uh, yeah, so um, and I'll talk about the session players that played on their stuff, and you know, the stories behind some of other songs as well. So either way, um, that'll be next week's episode. And uh, yeah, so I'm Sam Williams, and I thank you for joining me for this week's episode of my podcast. The Millennial Throwback Machine. Until next week, police! Keep things groovy.